Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Crestview Baptist Church. So glad to have you with us this morning. Thank you for deciding to come worship with us on this beautiful Sunday. Uh, if we have any uh, visitors with us, um, there are some cards in the pews in front of you uh, that you can fill out and drop in the offering box just so we can get to know you a little better. Uh, just a few announcements as we move into the week. Um, so... Tuesday night at 6.30 at Miss Jackie's house, we're going to have a uh, prayer, a prayer time. It's called, already called it a cottage prayer meeting, right? And uh, that is uh, to, a prayer time to pray for our upcoming revival that begins on uh, September 11th. Um, so keep both of those things in mind. Uh, don't forget about our... Um, Yes, if you need directions to Jackie's house, um, that's also, see one of them. Also, this is a good time, like if you have the church directory app on your phone, you can go in there and click on Jackie's name and her address is in there and you click it and it'll bring up map directions to her house. So, I'm not saying that out loud. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, keep, that in, uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Wednesday night, don't forget about our, uh, Bibles, our Bible study service we have here. Um, adults in the sanctuary, our children and our youth are out in the building. Um, if, you're not, if, you, if you have somebody you want to invite or you want to come, we would love to have you for that. Followed by choir practices. I will say that out loud. They are getting ready for... Uh, Christmas time it is, it is August <laughs> and uh, so um, keep that in mind um, Thursday night uh, 6 o'clock work day um, pending the weather uh, if it's nice and you don't hear from anybody plan on having a work day come out here uh, we've been get, we got some stuff done we were able to have one not this last Thursday but the Thursday before and we worked on the playground area, got all the grass and stuff out of the playground area. Um, there are some um, minor uh, issues that we got to work on if we can, uh, if the weather will let us do it to the youth building, I know, to the roof out there. So um, come out for that. Um, next Sunday at 5 o'clock at Crest High School out front, we're going to have a prayer time as we pre prepare for... Back to school. Yes, I know. It's sad. Sad time of the year. Back to school, but it's got to happen. Um, so um, come out to that if you can. I don't think I have any more announcements. I think Mr. Jim's going to come up. Hold on. Miss Laura's got something. And I'm going to turn it over to Jim, and I just invite you to focus on God this morning. Thank you, Chad. Good morning, Crestview. We have reached that Sunday where we're going to elect our deacons, our two, two replacement deacons coming for the new church year. Does anyone not have a deacon ballot that still needs one? We've been trying to make sure everybody out here got one already this morning. I don't see any hand. There's one upstairs. Can some, did someone take one up? To, yes, Joy. Joy's going to bring one up to you, Trevor. Uh, I, I would like to ask anyone who hasn't already marked their ballot, please do. There should be pens in, in, the, in the pews if you need one. Okay. Have you got the slides with the, with the deacon's pictures up there, Trey? Yeah, okay. Go, mark your ballot. Uh, you can circle two. Please don't circle any more than two or the ballot won't be counted because we wouldn't know which two to count. But uh, once you've marked it, you can fold it up for privacy and we're going to pass them all to the center aisle and I've got a couple guys that are going to come and gather them all up. And then during the service, myself and a couple of deacons are going to go count them all. So by the time we get to the end of the service, we'll be able to announce to everyone who in fact are the two new deacons. 
There's, if, you, if you have your ballot now marked and folded, please pass it to this side of the aisle for everybody to, uh, so we can gather them up. Okay, yeah, Jerry and Rob, if y'all go ahead and uh, start gathering those up. So is there anyone else that still has a ballot that needs to be turned in? All right. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll give it over to Artie now. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you, uh, Jim, for doing that. Um, what I was asking Chad to share before I, I pray is that if you're not in our directory, our, our mobile directory, it's because you've not filled out a form and gave it to us with your information. Our deacons use this directory. It gives us access to, to everything. There is no information on these directory on our directory that is uh, of a personal nature. Everything on there is something that somebody, if they have a computer, can go to Google and type your name in, and it'll pull it up. There is nothing whatsoever that can give them any access to your, your, your personal stuff. Um, so if you could fill that out, if you haven't already, we greatly appreciate that so that we can have that. There are several people that are not in the directory, um, but if you could fill that out, it would be great and it'd be very helpful for our deacons as they are ministering to our, our families. Um, but thank you for being here this morning. Um, please remember to pray for uh, Nell and Frank Buff. Nell will be 102 next month, and she is in respite care um, at the hospice house in Kings Mountain. What that means is that she is there temporarily to allow Frank to get some rest. Frank is her primary caregiver. He's in his 80s, and um, he actually, when I met with him yesterday and talked to him, uh, he's had several days that he's not got any sleep at all. Um, he went 48 hours without getting any rest because uh, she was calling his name the whole time. And uh, he told me, he says, Artie, when I left here the other day, I, I got home and I went to bed. I was in bed by 8 o'clock at night. And he said, I didn't wake up until, seven, or until 6 o'clock the next morning. He said, I have not been able to do that in years. So uh, please pray for them. Frank is realizing that there's is getting to the point where he's not able to do it by himself any longer. So pray as he makes the decisions. Also pray for Nell. She slept the entire time that I was there yesterday, and he said that she doesn't sleep at home. So uh, just pray for her. Also pray for Ann Stedham as she is continuing to improve. She's had an issue with being nauseous and, and, and vomiting. Um, and they're trying to get that cleared up. Um, she's doing well. She's getting stronger. I talked to her on the phone yesterday, but she will be going to Carolina Care in Cherville for rehab after they, they get this taken care of with her nausea. So continue to pray for her. The good news is, um, Ann said to share whatever I wanted to. Um, she did have cancer. Um, she had a cancerous tumor that was obstructing her bowels, and they were able to remove that tumor. Um, they got clear margins. The cancer had not metastasized, and there was no sign of, fluid, of cancer in the fluid that was withdrawn from her, from her lungs or her abdomen. So it was localized, and they were able to get it off. So uh, that is an answer to prayer. Um, her daughter, Debbie, said they were expecting to, to be making plans with hospice, and then we serve a God that still works miracles. And she is very thankful for the prayer, Ann is. And um, even talking to her when she wasn't feeling good, she, listen, that woman's spunky. And she still got that spunkiness as I was talking to her on the phone yesterday morning. So we thank you for the prayer. And I know there's several others that are waiting on test results 
and waiting for uh, doctor's visits. And yes, ma'am. Yeah, Patsy Pittman has got a, uh, a place of skin cancer on her leg that will be removed this week. Oh, it's already been taken off? Okay. 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 So the 18th, she'll be having another sur surgery to, to go in and get the remain remainder of it out. So pray for her um, as she is going through this. Pray for the family. And... Um, like I said, we've got a lot of stuff going on within our families, and I thank you for being a praying church that will pray for each other. And at this time, if you'd join me in prayer as we begin our time together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you. Dear Lord, we are so humbled by the fact that, that you would take mercy on us, that you would show us the grace and the love that we have through Jesus Christ. But dear Lord, it's also very humbling to realize that we serve a mighty God. That we serve the, the creator of this universe. The creator of all things. That we serve the great physician where we don't have answers that we don't have solutions that you do, dear Lord. We cannot claim to know your thoughts, but we know that you are perfect. We know that you are perfect in, in character. We know that you are perfect in thought. You are perfect in plan. And you are perfect in action. Dear Lord, we don't understand why you allow certain things to happen other than the fact that you allow it to happen to bring glory to your name. And dear Lord, we as your children, those who are claimed by your name, that have been washed in the blood of Christ, have gathered together today to worship you. And dear Lord, as we go through this time, may your spirit fill this room. May we feel your presence today. So that when we leave this place, that we will know that we've been in the presence of God. That other people, as we come in contact with them, as we leave this place, will know that we have been in the presence of God because of the look on our faces. Dear Lord, remind us constantly that we are your disciples. And that we need to be careful how we act, what we say. Because everything we do and say will give a picture of you. May we give the proper representation to our Savior. Dear Lord, as Sandra leads us in song today, may we sing with everything that we've got. As Chad brings a message for the children today, may you speak through him to their little minds and their hearts so that they will grow strong in you. Dear Lord, speak through me today so that I may be able to speak your word with all boldness. And above all, everything that is done and said, that it will be an honor and glory to you, but that it will also draw men's hearts to you, dear Lord. Dear Lord, we pray that if there is a a person that does not know you as their Savior here today or watching online, that your Spirit would convict them, dear Lord, that you would draw them closer to you, that you, they would, their hearts would break for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they would not leave this place today without coming to know you as their Savior. And dear Lord, Thank you for everything that you've done for us. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. In our Sunday school class, we were talking about the Christians being persecuted. <clears throat> so if you ever are persecuted, 
the Bible tells us to endure hardship and like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So let's stand, little soldiers, and let's sing hymn number 493, Onward Christian Soldiers. Onward Christian Soldiers Marching as to war With the cross of Jesus Going on before Christ the Royal Master Leads against the Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before onward Christian people join our happy throng blend with the kids to come down front today I'm gonna do something that I know I shouldn't do during preaching right before lunch I'm gonna talk about food because I know that's gonna mess everybody's brain up I'm gonna talk about food a little bit today I brought something with me today what is this bread, bread that is right and why did I bring bread with me today why do you think I brought bread with me? Well, what have we been talking about for the past, I don't know, this is the fourth week. So what have we been talking about for the past three weeks? The Lord's Prayer. That is right, Betsy. We have been talking about the Lord's Prayer. And we are to one of my favorite lines in the Lord's Prayer because I like to eat. And this line we're talking about today is give us this day our daily bread. Can you guys say that? Give us this day our daily bread. Now bread is good. You can make lots of good things with bread. You can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You can make peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. What in the world? That is a new one for me. You can make, what, a potted meat sandwich? You like potted meat sandwiches? No, I'm just kidding. I don't eat that either. Cheese sandwiches? Bologna and cheese sandwiches? Toast? You can make lots of good things with bread. But who would like to eat bread every day forever? Would you like to eat bread? That's all? Yeah. No, you know, bread is good. And if we all ate bread all the time you would start to look like me eventually. And you'd puff up a little bit. I think I'm allergic to it. I'm not really sure. It makes my belly swell up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, so, but in this line in the Lord's Prayer, when he says, give us, when we say, give us this day our daily bread, he's not just talking about bread as in a loaf of bread. He's talking about food in general. Things we need to nourish our bodies and to help us grow. So what I want you guys to be doing right now, we're not going to raise our hands, I want you guys to be thinking about your favorite meal. 
Because when we get out to children's church, you guys are going to get a piece of paper and you're going to make a placemat and you're going to draw me a plate with your favorite meal on it. So be thinking about that. Put that up in your head. There's also something for y'all to be thinking about while Artie's preaching is something good to eat, right? That'll help them focus, right? No? All right. So, but I want you guys to really remember this week and to really remember these words in these Lord's Prayer that we're learning. And today, we're thanking the God, we're thanking God for the things that nourish our bodies, that fill us up, and that make our, make our bellies full. Isn't that awesome that God provides that kind of stuff for us? And even when we get to Children's Church, I will tell you an awesome story about some time when these people were out in the desert and God provided food from the sky. Did you know he could do that? He did. He provided food from the sky for these people because God takes care of us, right? So let's bow our heads and thank God for our daily bread and thank him for everything else, all right? God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these boys and girls. Lord, thank you for this opportunity we have to learn about praying to you and how important it is and 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 to help us because sometimes we don't know what to say to you God today we're thanking you for our daily bread thanking you for the things that make us big and strong Lord keep us safe and watch over us and help us have a great day in the name of your son Jesus Christ amen all right guys you go sit down right and as soldiers we would be willing to follow Jesus wherever he goes. So let us stand as we sing 483, Footsteps of Jesus. 483. anybody else but I think there's a few of us in this congregation that are allergic to bread too because it makes us swell up also I have to tell you you eat too much bread and people start mistaking you for Santa Claus I think that's my problem I like too much bread well <laughs> if you've noticed I told you a while back that I was going to be preaching a sermon about being a disciple of Christ, uh, uh, about how, the, how society sees us, how they think we should act. And even Chad last week, he preached a sermon like Christ. People, we need to live like Christ. Bottom line. We say... For years, the church, I've said this many times, the church has been so concerned with getting people to the foot of the cross and getting them to a point where they accept Christ as their Savior and, and getting them baptized and putting their names on rolls and sending their, the numbers in to, to the conventions 
the state convention and the Southern Baptist convention, so it looks good on paper. And we've left it at that. But we failed in completing the Great Commission, which is not to just get people saved and baptized, but to make disciples. But we are in a battle. And we're going to face opposition. So today, the sermon is a disciple's response to opposition. When we face opposition, when we, we stand and, and, and we are not in agreement with those that are around us, how are we as disciples of Christ supposed to deal with that? So, and I don't know if you guys know this, but there is actually a book in the Bible that the entire book is about how to deal with opposition. How to deal with persecution. And how as, as disciples of Christ, we're, have, we're supposed to deal with that. So, if you would turn your Bibles to 1 Peter, this is the book we're going to be looking at today. And the, we're going, our, our focal verses, are, are the ones we're going to start with, are verses three, and chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. You see, Peter wrote this book to the church during the persecution of Christians in Rome. This is when they were putting Christians in the Colosseum and having them killed by lions. This is when they were lighting Christians as torches to light their gardens at night. And Peter is writing to the church, telling them how they are to deal with this. So if you would stand as I read God's Word, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9 through is where we're going to start with. And this is what Peter writes. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is unperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you will have been distressed by various trials. That the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found at a, at, to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you have not... Se- and you do not see Him now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for what we see in this letter from Peter. Dear Lord, that that no matter what we deal with here on earth, it is just temporary. But dear Lord, our salvation is eternal. Thank You. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I think this may be the longest sentence in the entire Bible. All six of those verses I read was one sentence. But they were packed with how we are to respond, how we are supposed to act. What is the most important thing in a disciple's life? And that is Jesus Christ. But it gives us a good jumping point to discuss this. Ten things or ten ways a disciple of Christ should respond to opposition. The first one is, don't be surprised. When opposition comes. See, I've had several conversations with different people, and everybody's like, 
I can't believe we're in such a mess. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. Well, here's the thing that you have to realize. I've had a conversation with one person that says, said, said this, and it really got me to looking at it. There is nothing new going on. And that's the truth. If you literally read Scripture, Paul, Peter, all the disciples, Jesus, everything that they dealt with are the same things that we are dealing with today, just in different forms. See, Satan can't create things. He is not a creator. He does not have the ability to create. All he does is recycle. He takes something that's already there and just recycles it in different forms and uses it and throws at us in a different format. It's like, you know, you're in school and your teacher will ask you a question and then turn around and ask the same question in a different format. Such as in word problems and math. They want to know what 2 plus 2 is, which we've already talked about. But the way they ask you, it may be, what is 4 minus 2? You know, it changes. Still, the end result, 2 plus 2 equals 4, right? All they're wanting to know. Satan's that same way. He just recycles things. But look at this verse in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. Basically, what Peter is saying is like, why are you surprised? You act like this is something new. It's just the same old thing happening again. There, we should not be surprised when something happens, when somebody stands in opposition we should not be surprised when the name of Jesus Christ becomes offensive to society. Because guess what? When Jesus walked the earth, His name was offensive to society. That's why they tried to kill Him. That's why they did kill Him. That's why the disciples were ordered to stop preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. We should not be surprised. Peter tells us, don't act like this is something new. It's not. Don't be surprised. In fact, Jesus tells us to expect it. He tells us that as a follower of Jesus Christ, that we, can, we should expect to face opposition, that we should expect to be persecuted. We need to expect it. We need to stop acting surprised when something happens. The second thing, the way we should respond is that we need to stay calm and don't give in to anger. <clears throat> now I'm going to ask a question. And you guys can raise your hand in response to this. Because it's no secret. How many of us get angry when something happens. There are times that I get downright mad. There are times that I think the best solution to something is just to go ahead and go shoot somebody. I'm just being honest. I have to tell you, I have no plans on acting on that, and I have not acted on it yet, because if I did, I wouldn't have any children. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about because you guys all felt the same way when you were raising kids. But we have to remain calm. Too many times. Good Lord, people, one of the things that makes me more angry than anything is when I get on social media and I see somebody claiming to be a Christian, but the language and the anger that is spewing out of them on social media says everything except that they're a Christian. We have to stay calm. Look at what this verse says. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. 
But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. That word right there, don't be troubled, don't let it get to you. See, one thing I told, I tell Chad all the time that I had to learn, and it took me several years to learn it when I started in ministry, is that when you're in ministry, you've got to have thick skin. See, pastors, youth ministers, we deal with people a lot of times in their lowest points, going through the most difficult times of their lives. We deal with issues that are dividing families. We deal with things. And, and some of the things that, you, you know, when you're in a church and you've got so many different people, sometimes people don't get along. And things are said to and about the minister or the pastor that for all intents and purposes are meant to destroy them. And you have to develop thick skin to get through that. To let it bounce right off and not take it to heart. Church, it's not just the pastors that need to have that. We as Christians need to develop thick skin. We need to realize that Jesus Christ is our shield. That He is there to protect us. And that He will give us the strength to get through these things. And we need to stay calm and not let anger take root and make us act like we're not a Christian. We all deal with anger. We all get angry. But all that does, all anger does is eats us from the inside out. We can actually have physical problems because of anger. And you know, here's the thing. A lot of times the people that we get angry with, they could care less. It doesn't cause them to lose sleep. It doesn't give them an upset stomach. It doesn't keep them from eating. It may be eating us alive and they could go on about their life like there's no big deal. We have to realize that as a Christian, we are blessed. We have been saved from a horrible fate through the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ. And that regardless of what happens here on earth, what, regardless of what somebody says about us or to us, that does not change the fact that we have a Savior that loves us, that will defend us, will fight for us, and is waiting for us. Regardless of what happens here, nothing can change that. And we need to stay calm. And we need not to give in to anger. And the second thing is, it, it, the third thing is, is that we need to repent when needed. You may be saying, well, wait a second. Why do we need to repent? Look at what First Peter chapter 4, verse 15 says. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or troublesome meddler. That is great. Troublesome meddler. What does that mean? A busybody that's in everybody else's business. That's the southern, the southern for that. A troublesome busybody. You see, too many times, and you guys know what I'm talking about. We are sinners saved by grace, right? There is not a one of us that's better than anybody else. But too many times, there are those that, that claim to have Christ that they are more like Pharisees than they are sheep. Because they walk around feeling that they are holier than other people, that they are better than other people, they look down, and they give this air of arrogance they, 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 they literally give Christians the hypocrite name because they 
act one way without admitting their faults. That is a danger for all of us. But we have to realize is that we are not perfect. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God. And even though we have the strength through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to overcome our shortcomings, that doesn't mean that we do not make mistakes. And when we do make mistakes, we don't need to whitewash them. We need to repent of them. And we need to ask for forgiveness for when we mess up. Instead of looking down at other people that are messing up, we have to admit that we mess up too. And that we are not too proud to admit it. A lot of times in churches, and part of the problem in the Southern Baptist Convention for so many years, and what has caused all the the stink over recent years about all the the, the stuff with the uh, mis, mishandling of sexual abuse allegations and, and things of that nature is because we wanted to cover it up to make things appear like they were okay instead of dealing with the problem of sin. When we have the attitude of repentance, what we are doing is not covering up. We are dealing with sin and putting it in the one place that it can be taken care of, and that is in the hands of Jesus Christ. So we have to realize that we're not perfect and we have to repent. And sometimes it takes opposition to make us realize that, hey, we're not right in this area. We need to get this taken care of especially when we're starting to give in to anger and things of that nature. And then the fourth thing, the fourth way is we need to keep loving each other. See, what happens a lot of times when we have opposition or we have issues that arise, we start that, that anger and the, the frustration we feel with outside forces, sometimes we turn those inwardly and we start bickering and fighting amongst ourselves. That is not just within churches. That's within anything. You have a group of people that are put together and it won't be long until they start internal torment or, or, or struggles and fighting amongst themselves. And, and Peter knows this. And he's telling us this is that while we are dealing with these trials that are coming from the outside, when we are dealing with these oppositions coming from the outside, that we do not need to turn on each other. 1 Peter 4, verses 8-10. through 10. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards as of the manifold, or manifold grace of Christ. You see, we are to love each other. In fact, that's one of the commands of Christ and be a disciple. That this, all men may know that you are my disciples. That you love one another. We within the body of Christ are to love one another. Peter even says, you have, each of you have been given a special gift for the building of the body. Paul tells us that. The gifts of the Spirit. Why have we been given gifts? For the edification of the saints and the building of the body. He tells us, Peter tells us, that we should love each other enough that we use those gifts that we've been given instead of wasting them and arguing and fighting amongst ourselves. We need to love each other. And then... We're to follow the command of Christ and not only love the ones that are lovable, our brothers and sisters in Christ, but we're also supposed to love our enemies. 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. To sum up 
all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. We are not to repay evil for evil. We are to love those that hate us. We are to bless those that curse us. Why? Because that's what we're called to do. In fact, that's what we're commanded to do. I can't tell you how many times I've read testimonies where somebody came to know Christ because even though they were being hateful, the person they were mistreating loved them. And I'm not talking about the touchy-feeling rainbows and bunnies type of love. I'm talking about the, the, the tough love. They loved them and didn't return the hate but love them. You guys know the story of the cross and the switchblade? You remember that? The, the, the movie was a story of Nicky Cruz. Well, Eric Estrada in the movie played Nicky Cruz. And Pat Boone was the, was the pastor. And in one scene... And Nicky Cruz, I've seen him and, and heard his testimony, and he said this is really what happened. He had a switchblade pulled on the pastor. And he told him he was going to cut him up. Literally threatening him to kill him. And the pastor looked at him and said, Nicky, you can cut me into a million pieces and every single one of them will be telling you the same thing. Jesus loves you. Well, Nicky Cruz became a Christian. He accepted the love of Christ because that pastor did not return evil for evil. But he loved him despite of him being his enemy. Don't tell me it can't happen. It happens all the time. We can do it. The next thing is that we have to trust God and do right. 1 Peter 4.19 Therefore those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful Creator in doing what is right. I believe the King James Version says do good. We have to trust God. We have to trust in His promises. We have to hold on to the fact that He is faithful. And you've heard the the old adage, two wrongs don't make a right, or it's never right to do wrong. We have no excuse. Not to do right. James says it this way, to him who knows what is right and does it not, to him it is sin. So in other words, just because we're not doing wrong, even if we're not doing right, it's still a sin. Just to sit there and do nothing is a sin. We have to do right. We have to do what God is telling us to do. We have to be obedient to His commands. And we have to trust God. Also, 1 Peter 2.15 and that same, same thing. It says, for such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. 
lot of times, people will say things. People will accuse you of things. But if you continue to do right, it's going to silence them. People aren't going to believe what they're saying about you because they know that you do right. And then next, when we face opposition, we must continue to share your hope. Share the hope that is within you. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for that the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Share your hope. What does that mean? That means that you need to share your testimony. You need to live it out. Not just tell people about Christ and about the changes that He's made in your life, but you have to live it in front of them. And then that brings us to the second time thing, is be respectful. We always, when we're reacting, we have to be respectful. Except when He was dealing with the Pharisees and Sadducees and the religious leaders that should have known better. How did Jesus deal with everybody that He came in contact with? He showed them respect. He showed them gentleness. We have to do the same thing. Look at this at the, the last part of, of verse 15. And doing this, yet with gentleness and reverence. What does that mean? That means that when you're dealing with somebody, you're not beating them up with Scripture. That you're not constantly down on them. But you're showing them love. I'm not saying compromise the commands that are found in God's Word. I'm not saying that you compromise anything. But you stay true to Scripture. And that you lovingly and gently show them the difference that Christ can make in your life. Share the hope, but be respectful and gentle in doing so. <clears throat> and then, you have to remember that you're not alone. That's one of Satan's biggest tricks that he makes us feel isolated. He makes us feel like we're the only ones dealing with this and nobody else will understand. 1 Peter 5.9 But resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. We're all in this together. We all deal with the same things. See, that's the neat thing about the family of God. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different upbringings. We come from different, even in different races, different countries. And we've all got different testimonies, but they all include the same thing. Because of the mercy and grace of the cross, I am no longer the same person I used to be. From those that got saved as a young child and never strayed away, to those that came to know Christ at a later age, to those that, that lived a, a life that they should not have survived. Regardless of what the old life used to be, the new life is all the same through Jesus Christ. We have to remember we're not in it by ourselves. See, the Bible says Satan's like a roaming lion seeking whom he may devour. 
where when a lion hunts, they single out one animal and they separate it. And they get it alone so that they can attack without the protection of the group. Many times we're the same way. That those that are, are struggling, that those that give in, they, they get to the point where they feel hopeless. They feel alone. And that's when Satan moves in to attack. We're not in it alone. We're in this together and we have to stay unified in our response to this opposition. And then the last thing is that we need to respond by looking to God's promise. 1 Peter 5.10 After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ will Himself perfect or perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And then 1 Peter 1.13 Therefore, prepare your mind for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Those two verses is what he's basically saying is this. Is there is going to come a time when we're all going to be made perfect. That our salvation is going to be made complete. And God's promise is going to be fulfilled in our life. The promise that we will be with Him for eternity. When is that day going to come? It's either going to come when we close our eyes for the last time on this earth. Or when that trumpet sounds and we're caught up with Him in the air. That is when our salvation is made complete. That is when He, is, he will perfect us and complete us for all eternity. What we're dealing with here on life, on earth, it is nothing new. What we're dealing with in society, it is nothing new. But it is temporary. There is a beginning and an end to it. It is not what makes us. It is not where we find our value. Our value is in Jesus Christ. And we as His disciples need to understand these things and how we deal with these things. We don't need to go around slamming people on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any other social media platform. We don't need to, to fight among ourselves over disagreements. We need to stand strong on the promises of God. We need to stand strong on His Word. Not compromising. Remember what Jesus told His disciples and what He told Pilate as He was standing there on trial. He says, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, My followers, My disciples would do what? They would fight. But because it's not, they're not. Even when Peter took out his sword as Jesus was being arrested and he swung it and hit the high priest's servant's head and cut off his ear, what did Jesus tell him to do? Put away your sword. Put away your sword. And then the ones that were there to arrest him, the servant of the high priest that was there, he reached down and showed mercy on him, picked up that ear and put it back on his head. Listen. We are in a spiritual battle. 
but all through the Scripture. Who does it say, even in the Old Testament, who fights our battles? Who does it say fights our battles? God. God fights our battles. We just have to remain faithful to Him. Secure in our relationship with Him. Learn as much about Him and about that relationship as we possibly can. Study in Scripture so that we can defend ourselves. Even the full armor of God. It's all protective armor. The helmet, the breastplate, the, 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 the shoes, the, the shield. There's only one offensive weapon. And that is the Word of God. Church, how do you respond to opposition? How are you responding to what's going on in society? How are you responding when you see the name of your Savior being put down? That you're being called names? How do you respond? Well, right now, this is your opportunity to respond to what God is telling you. Whatever it is, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not a disciple of Christ. This is your opportunity. Come forward. There are people that would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to you and share with you how you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you want to become a member of this church and join this congregation, if there is somebody that you've had a disagreement with that you need to make right, this is your opportunity to do so right now as we sing this song as we close our time together. As you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, 485. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, 485. not suffer loss or victory unto victory his army shall he lead till every foe is vanquished for Christ is Lord indeed stand up stand up for Jesus the trumpet Thank you for, for listening. Don't forget, Tuesday night, 6.30 at Jackie Bridges' house. We're having our first cottage prayer meeting. We'll be having one every week leading up to our revival. Our revival is uh, the 13th, through the, or excuse me, September 11th through the 14th. Richard Holden, who is a former pastor of mine and actually the one that performed mine and Ginger's wedding, he has been in evangelism for many years um, after leaving the pastorate. Um, we'll be coming and bringing our messages for our revival. But I encourage you to be part of, of these cottage prayer meetings next week. It'll be at Joy Hicks's house, 6.30 on Tuesday of next week as well. Um, and then we'll continue on up through the week before our, our revival begins, praying that God would you ignite our church. So, 
um, please be there for that. Also, Wednesday night, our youth and children and our, our adult Bible studies at 6.30 here at the church. Please be here for that, as well as the workday Tuesday. And before Robbie comes and dismisses us in prayer, Jim is going to come and announce the, the results of our deacon election. I would like to say that this was, it's a blessing to be a member of this church, folks. <clears throat> this was the closest deacon election I have ever counted. In my, I've been on the deacon board on and off for 17 years, and this is the closest it's ever been. The two new deacons that will rotate on the board this year are Terry Pendleton and Waddy Green. Thank you, gentlemen. The other three candidates should not take any discouragement from this because all three were just within a few votes of being at the top with everybody else. It's really amazing. We're, we're blessed to have so many good people willing to serve at Crestview. Thank you. There's a hand. <laughs> at this time, I'll call Brother Robbie to come up and, and dismiss us in prayer. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this message that already gave us about op facing opposition and how to face it. Lord, if we face opposition, just, we just ask that you bless us and guide us in, in the way you want us to uh, face it. Lord, I just thank you for the vote. And Whitey and Terry, we ask you to bless them and bless their families as they start their deacon uh, service to the church. Lord, and I just ask you to be with us as we go from here today and just lead us and guide us in your way. In your name we pray. Amen.